Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Bolt from the Blue. And, uh, of course, you would expect me to introduce the uh, the guests that we've got. And, first of all, we've got Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing? I'm fine, yeah. I'm just recovering from that jank down to uh, South London. It wasn't actually that bad this year. It, we, it only took about an hour to get from the M24. To the to where we were going, so I wasn't too bad. As many of you know, if you guys out there have been to Palace, it can be a right pain in the bum sometimes. But uh, I'm a bit knackered now this morning. But it was it was a long jank, but it was worth it, wasn't it, for a, a glorious glorious victory? What's that, Bernard? You had a long jank all the way down, all the way down, <laughs> mate. It's even shorter on the way back, though. Oh my gosh, yes, uh, like uh, Bernard went all the way down there, and. Um, <laughs> Ray, how Ray, how are you doing? I'm all right. And, uh, give, give it, please give me a more fulsome response than you did in the last pod, because people were saying, "What the hell is Ray doing?" <laughs> no, no, um, I, I'm doing all right. I'm, 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 I'm interested in your opening uh, line that this exciting edition. Well, if you watched the game yesterday, <laughs> man, I'm so excited. We're gonna have to work overtime. You're gonna have to. You're gonna actually have to pay us. Uh, to, to work properly to get this one to be exciting. Well, you know how much I pay you guys, which is like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you, you pay I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, it was a good job it was reduced match of the day, wasn't it? Because it didn't take too long to get through them highlights, that's for sure. Yeah, that was that was like uh, Bernard. That was that was crazy. The whole um, <laughs> the whole, yeah, the whole uh, Gary Lineker thing. Yeah, I watched it this afternoon, and I thought, I thought, yeah, I suppose that's a good way of doing it. But literally, they just took the Sky Sports footage and put it out. I mean, it, it didn't take long to do it, did it? Let's be honest. A lot cheaper than Gary Lineker and company, wasn't it, to put that out last night? They are a very, very difficult team for Man City to beat. They're an awful team, mate. I mean, that was very reminiscent of last season. It was it was an awful game. He, Vieira sets them up, but personally, I think that as a team and looking at their attacking abilities or lack of attacking abilities, I mean, I didn't even know Zaha was on the pitch at one stage. Uh, they're just it's all they're far worse than they were last season. All right, they're, they're in twelve still at the moment, but they've got problems, and Vieira's got problems with that team. You know, there's always been a little bit of something about them. And obviously against us, as you say, they always seem to perform a little bit better. But you can't see that 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 team might you know get dragged well into the relegation before the end of the season with the, with eleven games left. They they are pretty awful. But uh, yeah, I think most most teams will you know if they play that sort of football that Vieira played last night. You know, they might get a few draws between now and the end of the season. Uh, but they, they're awful. I don't know what Ray thinks, but I think they're an awful team to watch. I thought we've not been great this season. We know we haven't. We've commented about it, but put those poor Palace fans banging the drum behind the goal. I mean, having to watch this them every week, it's 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 not good. Not good for them. Well, well let me let me. Game. Sorry, Mike. They've they've got four draws. You know, they're gonna yeah. they've got a draw against Liverpool nil nil, draw against Newcastle nil nil, and that's what they you know. They're happy to get uh, to get draws and nick the odd win. That'll keep them in the league. The funny thing is, they've got a better record in Manchester over the last five years mm. than they have in London. Excuse me, I think the last seven meetings, well, Ray, five drawn two. Ray, well, uh, the one of the biggest threats I think to us 
um, was a particular player, and someone has asked me to sing it, so I will I will sing it. Easy good, easy good, Ebenezer good. Uh, this this guy called Easy. This is the person that we all had to fear. He didn't really do that much. No one, no one really did. Actually, I think their most dangerous player is, is uh, Eloise. And you can sing yeah. that one as well. Can you sing that one by Eloise? Um, okay, that you, you that, that would be the damn song. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I think give it up, give it up. Um, they, they, they've got a few reasonable players. They, they rely on the, the pace in, in the attack with from Zaha and Eloise. But it is, it is, you know, a really difficult watch when they were playing that low block. They were, you know, making sure that we couldn't score. Um, and we just pass it around slowly and... It makes for a very difficult watch uh, of a game of football where Palace aren't looking to attack and we're struggling to break them down. You might as well just get a ball and bang it against a wall and play Wally because that's what it was like. It was, you know. But having said that, we did create a few chances in, in mm. uh, you know in the game. And even though you know, spoiler alert, we won one nil. You know, we we did create enough chances to win by uh, a little bit more comfortably. Mm-hmm. Well, Bernard, you went down there. You were down there with with uh, with everybody. What did you think? Yeah, exactly what Ray said. It was uh, uh, despite despite the poor poor performance from Crystal Palace. We, you know, again, we you know we we bought we bought this big guy up front. I can't remember his name now. It's lost to this big lummox. This big lummox up front. I love to call him. And he's supposed to put these little half chances in that we weren't taking over previous seasons. And, of course, uh, unfortunately, in that first half, I, I think there's, we have a record, don't we, against Palace, where we've, we very rarely score in the first half. We always score in the second half against them, as a, going back a few games now. And, you know, we had uh, we had a Grealish chance, we had a Haaland chance, where we should have, should have been one or two goals up at half-time. It should have been, we should have been sort of controlling the game, hoping to build on it, and... You know, we're letting these little chances, as Ray, Ray said there, we did create odd chances, but we weren't taking them again. And this is this is what we bought Ireland for. We bought Ireland to take these little chances in front of goal, eight yards out, where he just flicks it into the net. Unfortunately, he's flicking them over the bar. And we'll talk about Grealish. I want to have a word about Grealish as well, who everyone keeps praising now. You know, but he did, the, I think it was just four minutes into the game. He, took, he, he drove into that box. It was superb. He, he must have left three Palace players in his wake. And his shot was absolutely pathetic. He just dragged it wide. I mean, it, sh- it should have been at least make the goalie work. And this is, you know, and that's what happened at Palace last season. We couldn't we couldn't make those those uh, shots count. We couldn't, we couldn't get the ball in the net. And I, I, was, I was worried a little bit, certainly after that first half. As Ray said, the pace wasn't quick. It, you know, we had the odd, odd thing. But... Uh, it was definitely a problem, um, and we were having a problem again last night. And say we've had, we've got momentum. We've won four games on the trot now, but that was far from convincing for most of that game. Well, guys, for, forgive me. Um, what I should have done, um, apart from a whole bunch of other things, was to um, ask the guys about the lineup. Mm. So we'll, we'll start with Bernard, and uh, you know Bernard likes to predict lineups. So uh, Bernard. Um, Let's let's go through the city team and what did you think and how many did you get right? 
I got nine. Uh, I think Ray was saying about he did have stones in there, and I said it didn't. I wasn't upset that stones was in there, but I was upset as to that back four because let's face it, we had four centre halves across the back. That was the problem. But the midfield and forward line, I got spot on. So it was only I got nine out of eleven. So um, as I say, I was pretty happy with that. But I was a bit confused by the defensive lineup, to be honest with you. Take us through your 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 thoughts, uh, Bernard, on the on the lineup. Yeah, well, obviously, I, I was wondering what the, where the hell he was going to play Stones. I mean, I couldn't. We're not going to play four at the back against Palace because they're not going to come at us. Yes, we need in theory we needed someone like Walker because we have to be wary of Palace's pace. But obviously, as we expected. Uh, for some reasons that we all know, Walker was a bit on the naughty step. Against He's him. on the naughty step, but yeah. yeah. He didn't get to start this game. So where the hell was Stones going to play? I was looking at that. Well, Aki's not going to be overlapping on the left. He's never normally asked Stones to do that. When he's played Stones in that position, he's played as a straightforward right back. And I thought, well, he's got Rodri, he's got he's got Gundogan. What's he going to do? Is he going to push? Is he going to push Bernardo Gundogan up with Foden, Grealish, and Ireland, and have Stones like pivoting with uh, Rodri in the middle? I was just totally confused as to what we're going to do. And obviously, as the game panned out, which we'll talk about it, he, he tried to have him playing down that right hand side, and it, he's not really played that much before, and it, it just didn't work. It was it was a waste of a player for me. I, I have no idea. I love John Stones. I'm glad he was back, but Pep played him in a totally, totally a position where he just can get enough out of him. Well, let's let's ask Ray for his thoughts on the uh, on the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, I got uh, you know, I've got to say, I got ten. <laughs> oh, I've got to say, I've got to say, I got ten because <laughs> because uh, well, I had Johnny Stones. You know, I, I, I mean, I thought Walker would play. Uh, I mean, look, this is how difficult it is. I thought Walker would play, uh, and Bernard thought uh, Rico Lewis would play. So we both got blindsided by Pep. Um, but as soon as that lineup came out, I knew Stones was going to play on the right. I didn't think he'd play inside. I thought you know we would try and keep that width. And as Bernard said. <laughs> That's not for Stonesy. He can't cross the ball. And I saw him trying to put a cross in. You know, <laughs> um, it was as good as Aki in the first or second minute. I think Aki got the uh, chance for a cross. And instead of whipping it in first time, he took a touch. Uh, and then when he crossed it, the defender had come to block it. So, you know, Aki's not been brought up putting whip, whip crosses in and stuff like that. Um, and neither has Stones. So... You know, um, it, it's it's yeah, Bernard's probably right. It was a bit of a waste, but on the other hand, uh, if you're not going to play, um, if you're not going to play Kyle Walker, then I want to see somebody with experience. I mean, yes, I want Rico Lewis to come through and and and, and be a star player for us, but I also am worried about his inexperience. And it like like Pep will do a lot of the time. You're going back to your tried and tr uh, trusted players. And that's what uh, Pepe went back to John Stones. And look, John John did, a, I think, he had a decent game. You know, um, he, he did mostly what he had to do. Uh, when you ask, you know, a, a fish to run on land and, and cross the ball and stuff, he couldn't do it. But that's not his game. Well, let's let's um, um, ask um, uh, Bernard a, a little bit of, about that midfield trident. What did you think about that one? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, it's like a triple pivot, I thought, at one stage. You had, uh, when Stones wasn't trying to maraud down the right wing, he was sort of in the middle with uh, Rodri and Gundo. But 
I was very confused, but it, that was only probably because of the way Palace was play, were playing the game. I mean, the, obviously the midfield was just so packed. I mean, balls balls were bouncing all over the place from ricochets because a player took a ball and immediately, say, Bernardo took hold of the ball. Uh, Palace player was on him. It was sort of man-to-man and, and pretty busy in that midfield. So it was had John Stones to the mix who didn't know what the hell he was doing most of the time. And it just got very, very confusing in that middle and uh, chance, creation, created chances were few and far between, certainly after, say, the first five or ten minutes when we did create uh, a couple of great chances, but then it all went a bit wishy-washy after that. Well, Ray, I, I'm guessing you're not complaining too much about the front line. Can't complain about the front line. you got, obviously, I mean, you can look at some of their performances, but, um, you know, did, did the... Right now, they're the best we've got. You've got um, Haaland down the middle um, and Grealish on the left. Uh, has been playing, I think, a little better of late, but his, uh, for me, his biggest fall- fallibilities are decision-making, scoring goals and assists, getting assists. So <laughs> for, a, for a forward guy, that's kind of what you want from him. Uh, Folding on the other side, you know, he's been in, in sparkling form, four goals in three games. So you can't ask for more. You know, I do feel a little bit sorry for Mares um, because without Mares, it, it uh, our uh, uh, you know streaming hits take a, a bit of a, a dent when he's not playing because <laughs> uh, his fans don't tune in. But I felt a bit sorry for him because since the end of the World Cup, he's been our, I think our most consistent player in terms of goal contributions um, for the games he's played. And as soon as he had, he's had a blow par game, he's out. You know, he's out on his ear. Um, but I think I actually think he'll come back um, um, in the Champions League on Tuesday. Yeah, so, yeah, he'll, he'll play Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. I think Maris is he's that kind of uh, let's say big uh, European game player for us. So, but um, yeah, forward line you can't you can't knock it. You can knock what they did <laughs> during the game, but you can't knock. You know who Pep picked because who else? The only other person you could have picked up front was Alvarez, um, and maybe one day in the in the future when he drops Haaland for you know basically not scoring enough goals, then Alvarez might get a chance. When when he's not scoring enough goals, right? <laughs> well, yeah, look, no, no, no. He's look, as Bernard's, Bernard's already said he, he missed a great chance, and it's, you know it, the frustration we've had with other players missing that chance on on Mares, he'd have been castigated. Um, since it's Haaland and he's scored a lot of goals, <clears throat> excuse me, he doesn't get uh, as much flack. But honestly, he could have either uh, flicked that one in or he could have slammed it into the corner. It, it was as open, really, it was an open goal, especially mm. for someone for, an, for a striker. If that was John Stones or Ruben Diaz and they'd missed it, you can kind of you know, accepts it a bit better. But Haaland has to be scoring those goals. He had a great chance there. He had another one. I think we had a, he had a header in the second half, I think, which, okay, is a little bit more difficult. Um, but he's and we see it in, in so many games where he's missing chances. Well, I asked the question, if he's having three chances and only scoring one goal, it's not good enough. Well, Bernard, what are we going to do? We're going to throw a little bit of shade at Ivan Drago there. Um, as our centre forward, and 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 agree with Ray that he's just not hitting the target the way he should be. Well, that I mean, that is I mean, it sounds churlish, doesn't it? Of course, it does. 
for all the goals he's scoring. But it, it was a strike. It was a, a poacher's goal. I mean, that that you know, he did everything right. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the defender. There's a lot of credit given to the defender, but I don't think the defender was anywhere near him until after he'd actually got the shot on target. I think the defender sort of lunged at him, but he'd already got the shot in. And not, it was he did everything right. His positioning was spot on. Everything was perfect. He wasn't off balance. He sort of just put a little flick that a good striker would do, a good number nine would do, a little flick. And, you know, it, it, it was an open... It was As Ray said, it was an open net. The goalie wasn't going to save it. It was too near to him. He wouldn't have reacted. And he, he did everything right. And somehow, you know, we, we criticised Sterling, haven't we, for, for hitting over from a, a yard out. And listen, all right, he was a bit further out. But I'm sorry, that, that, that at that stage of the game, what minute was it? Let me have a look. Um, it, was, it wasn't... It was, it, was, it was, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, at that stage, 1-0. And then we could have took control. We could have took control of the game and we wouldn't have been drifting into the 75th minute thinking that we're going to have the same again as we did last season. Uh, I'm sorry, but Ireland should have done better with that. He should he def, should have definitely done better. And it was disappointing for a, a guy of his quality uh, for him to miss that. It's as simple as that. Ray, is there not an argument for putting Grealish on the bench, putting Foden on the left and putting Mahrez on the other side. Well, that would have been early in the season. That's what we would have done. Uh, and if you... I don't know if Grealish played against United, but Foden, when he was playing... You know, he got a trick against United. He had, a, he had a good number of goals early in the season. And I think he was playing a bit more on the left. I mean, if we're, we're, we're lucky that Phil Foden can play on the left, on the right, or an, as an attacking midfielder. He can play as a false nine. He can play anywhere in those tough. Foden on the right is, is great. I have no problem with Foden. He's, he's two-footed. That makes a big difference. So he can go on the inside or the outside. In one of the last few games, he, he did play on the right because um, because Mahrez hasn't been starting. So where's Foden been playing? On the right, so I've I've no problem. You know, I think he's 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 brilliant either on the left or on the right. No, well, I'd have, I'd have to agree with Ray, mate. I just, I just think he's a, he's a, he's quite capable of looking just as effective. And I think in a couple of games recently where he's been man of the match, he's he's uh, been been popping up on the right and, and coming across and looking very very good. So I would have to agree with Ray. You're on your own, Mike. I'm afraid on that. Yeah, one. yeah. It's I, it's 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 like that. Didn't you see his dribbling goal past three players uh, yeah, last game? Yeah. That was from the right hand side, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I just think that I, I think that the way that he cuts in from the left is um, Mike, very, Mike, very special. Well, that's the thing is, yes, he can do that, but he can do it on both sides. So that that's what we want. I, we don't want we don't want a player like Mares who might be less effective. We want a player like Phil Folden who can do it is, both both sides. I think it's important to note and to realise that facts outweigh opinion every day of the week. With factual evidence that we've seen with our own eyes that Foden's been doing it on the right. And he's been effective. And he can go, as Bernard just said, inside and outside. That's not opinion. That's fact from recent games. That's where he's played. That's where. Oh he's my gosh! Ray is slamming oh. me with facts here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you tried to you tried to slam me with opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> in, in this I'm world, just, I mean, I'm just going going by the evidence of my own eyes. <laughs> yeah. You'd be the devil's. I was hoping you'd be the devil's advocate, but not with your no, own see, eyes. You, I this, think your eyes are cross-eyed, Mike. I think you've got you've got need some glasses, mate. <laughs> we're in the 21st century. We're in we're in the moments of truth. And we've got to talk truth. Foden's great on the right. 
Ask Pep. You um, you reckon that um, Bernardo Silva has been um, relegated from that position then? He's not going to play out there again. He rarely plays out there. He's generally playing as an attacking midfielder when he plays. Occasionally, when we take Mares off, if Mares, if Bernardo's been on the bench, like in the previous game, um, and, and Mares comes off or something, Bernardo comes on and Bernardo goes out on the right then. Okay. But if we've got KDB and, and the Gundwan on the pitch, then Bernardo's going to go out on the right. Otherwise, he's going to go as an attacking midfielder or he's going to drift around because they, they do play all over the pitch. You know, you'll get games where you'll get Bernardo, Foden and uh, KDB popping up all on the left and or, or, or Grealish might be one of them. And that is a nightmare for defenders because those guys can pass the ball, control the ball in really tight spaces, pass it quickly and move in really tight spaces. Uh, and that that is such a danger for for defenders. Well, let's talk about that first half then, guys. Um, all of that being the case, it was it was pretty tight, wasn't it, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, because obviously we talked for the early chances. I've just had a quick look. That Harland chance chance was on twenty eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, when he four minutes, weren't they? Yeah. Sorry. And uh, Greel, the Grealish one was after four minutes, which, you know, as I said, even that, all right, it's Grealish. But at the end of the day, you know me, I was banging his drum last season when other people were doubting him. But I'm sorry, now all the people are sort of saying he's playing really well. They're the sort of things he needs to put in the net. It's as simple as that. He can't do what he does. I mean, that was absolutely, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant run from Grealish. The Palace team didn't know what to do with him at all. And then when he gets the shot, he just drags it. Well, it's it's a it's a horrible shot. It was it was totally, you know, it's terrible from a from a professional football. It was just it was it wasn't even anything on it. Even the goalkeeper didn't, you know, he just probably laughed as it passed his post. You know, <laughs> it, it was just so annoying because Grealish does he does everything. We called it. We called him the nearly man, haven't we? We called a couple yeah. of our players the nearly man recently, and it was the same again with with Jack. I love love him to bits. Like uh, every City player, I don't you know every. I'll stick up for them all, but he's got to improve that finishing. He's either got to get his passing, you know, get the assists up or or get the goals. And unfortunately, all right, if you think back to the Arsenal one, which was great, I mean, he wouldn't have even gone in the net if he hadn't took a deflection. Let, let's be absolutely bang honest yeah. about it. It was a deflection that beat the keeper. Uh, all credit to him for being there. He's got to do better. And if yeah. you talked about the first half, you had that. Then obviously you had uh, Haaland appeared to be fouled on the edge of the box and they got a free kick. I have no idea what that was about on th- about 13 minutes. And literally that was it, uh, uh, the chance for Haaland on 28 minutes. And the rest of the half, it was so slow and drab. It, you know, it just, well, for me, I, just, I thought, is that it? I is mean, that, that Ray, Ray we, we've, got, we've got to talk about this. A hundred million, a hundred million. And we're getting a guy that um, is a, a tricky winger, that draws fouls, that doesn't do anything basically in the final third, doesn't score, occasionally creates some um, good chances. But I, 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 I don't know, uh, Ray. I think this is, this is a problem. Uh, this is his, well. Well, the thing is, as Pep, Pep says, and I think uh, he, Pep's fibbing it uh, when he says it. But you, you know, it's not just about goals and assists. He, he can see with his own eyes that. You know, Grealish is doing what he the, the, he's playing really well. 
even though I've said he's played, he, he has been playing better than in the past. You know, when we he, one of the main reasons we've criticised him there was that game. Can't remember if it was Leeds or whoever where him and Harlan missed. A yeah, Leeds, Leeds. Yeah. So that's the problem. You know, he's missing guilt-edge chances, and it was he had two options with that opportunity of his. He could have because he was coming in out from the left. He could have bent it into the far corner. Okay, that would have been hard for the keeper to, to save. What he tried to do, I think, was to try and fool him, bluff him and put it on at the near post. And as Bernard said, it was, a, it, was a, it was a weak shot. He dragged it wide and the goalkeeper could have sat down and turned around, put his bum there and saved it if it had been on Zaggy. It was that that poor of a shot. You know, uh, I'm non-complimentary because it wasn't good play. And our mate Patrick, he said, Grealish is world-class. No, no. I said if he can, if he was scoring twenty goals a season, I'd say Grealish is world class. Or if he got 10, 10 or twelve goals, ten or twelve assists a season, I'd say elevated into world class. But he'd be a really, really good player. I mean, David Silver. You know, if you look, just looking at stats, David Silver would be lucky to get ten goals and ten assists a season. You know, he didn't have the best, but he controlled games. And he, I think he contributed a lot more than what Jack is doing. Jack needs those numbers. That's the end of the day. You know, you win games of football by scoring more goals than the opposition. The two statistics that you will look at, game after game after game, goals and assists, Jack's not good in either of them, really. Uh, I can't remember what he's got. I don't even think he's got 10 goals and assists combined this season. It's not good enough. It's absolutely not good enough. When you go back a few seasons ago, we'd have, I think we had a season where we had, was it five players got either 10 goals or 10 assists? I think mm. Leroy Sane got 10 of each. Sterling was there. Silva was there. KDB and Aguero got, I think Aguero as well, got 10 goals, more than 10 goals. We had goals and assists all over the pitch. And I'm sorry, if you're playing up front, playing as one of our front three, we need more goals and assists. Well, uh, Bernard, uh, all of the talk, all of the talk, uh, for what it's worth, is that City are losing two members of their midfield um, uh, in the summer, and that is um, uh, Gundogan and Bernardo Silva. And uh, the the only person that they they keep sort of pressing is... uh, Kivarts Kelly as a guy for a band, Napoli, and I don't think that they want to let him go. So I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think? Well, I mean, does 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 Bellingham not come into that equation and in, in that sort of position round in, in the for, midfield? For, for probably two hundred million. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. We're going to lose two in theory. Adapt well, Bernardo adaptable to any position you want to play in him. Gundogan, when he's all, when he's in full flow and and fully fit, is quite capable of. Being a, an impressive, very impressive midfielder, we're going to lose, possibly lose two excellent midfielders, and at the moment, um, yeah, we might be struggling to bring some people in to replace them. All right, we might be bringing people like Mackety back and the other guy from uh, from Sheffield United who are midfielders. We got, you know, there's probably two or three midfielders, young lads who we can bring back, but we're not going to replace that quality of both of those, if Bernardo and Gundo go at the end of this season. Uh, hopefully, Gundo might still stay for another year, but, um, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I haven't got the answer to that at the moment, unless I'm sure I'm sure Pep and Cheeky have got the list put together of who we want, and I'm, I'm sure they'll get towards doing it, but uh, it'll be very interesting. 
Well, let's go over to Ray and uh, and say, Ray, if this happens, if we lose Gundo and uh, Bernardo Silva, as it looks like is going to happen, what wh- what do you think? Do do you agree with Bernard to bring some of these young guys in, or have you got a couple of uh, guys that you've got your eye on? There's various different options, Mike. Um, you know, if if Foden can ever get back to being uh, get to the position where he can be an attacking midfielder and play in that position. Yesterday we saw him losing the ball in the middle of the park and then half-heartedly chasing back, which which wasn't uh, very clever or uh, motivating. I think probably motivating is the wrong word, but you know you want a bit more heart and a bit more fight from him chasing back. Um, if Foden takes one of those attacking midfielders' places, so let's say we do lose Gundogan and Bernardo, Foden slips in. If you get for argument's sake, let's say you get Bellingham, you've got Bellingham, Foden, KDB. So you've got those three players who can play with Rodri, okay? If you get another winger, I think that solves your problems. If you get a right winger, then Mares, who's, I don't think he's going to get a new contract when, when he runs out end of next season, will have another winger to play on the right. So I think that's probably the right time. Forden should be playing as an attacking midfielder by now. So I think if we lose Bernardo, lose Gundogan, Foden moves in there. As Bernard says, McAtee can come back. We've got Cole Palmer, although I think next, because he's not played at all this hardly all this season, I think he got, he has to go out on loan next season. But bring McAtee back because he's had a good season out, away. Now, he won't be considered a first, <laughs> certainly not a first choice. And he'll be lucky to be on the bench too, too often. But I think bring him back. He's had a decent season at Sheffield United. Uh, bring you know, as I said, get that winger. I think we cope that way by promoting one youngster, buying in a winger, buying in another midfielder. I think we're fine. Well, Ray, um, just um, uh, a quick question: If we do buy in a winger, um, who would be your uh, choice? Do do you fancy Rafael Liao or do you fancy? I know you won't say his name, even though I can't say it. Yeah, no, it's very hard to pronounce, isn't it? Look, look, I want City. I want City to rub, you know, I'm going to be arrogant now for a minute. Uh, I want City to rub everybody's noses in it. I want us to do it. I want us to buy Jude Bellingham this summer. I want us to buy Ratchkavili this summer. And that your Leao fella? Yeah, why not? Why don't we get him? Get him. No, here's here's my point. If you get Kravatskavilia, he plays on the right. Is he better than Mares? My humble opinion, yeah. he is. I think it's an upgrade. If you get Liao and play him on the left, is he better than um, Jack Grealish? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you've upgraded the team. Jack Grealish can be on the you know can um, can be on the bench, and Mares can swan off into the sunset after one more season. So if I'm going to get three players, there you go. Three players, they make a massive difference. I don't know the ages, but Karachkavili is young. Bellingham's 19. And Leao is probably early 20s-ish. Yeah, yeah. 20, 23 Leao and yeah. 20, nearly 22 Karachkavili. Yeah, so you've suddenly... I'll include Maras in that list. You got Say Maras has gone, um, Bernardo's gone. And um, Gundogan's gone. You've lowered the age, the average age of the squad by almost a year by getting mm-hmm. these three kids. So, yes, it's, it's going to cost us three hundred million quid. 
But I say go and spend spend the money, get the players. And why and while you're at it, put a bid in for Kylian Mbappe. Why not? Why not? <laughs> no, but you laugh, but, but the point is Oh, that's a big call, isn't it? Well yeah. look what do his, con- his contracts over twenty years, that'll be all right. No, but the, the point <laughs> is no, but look at these players. You know, we we've coveted Kylian Mbappe since he was before he even went to Monaco, we wanted him. Look what's happening at PSG. He's won. We want to win the Champions League. He's not going to win the Champions League at PSG. He's had so many. They've had so many bites of the cherry. All right, they got to the final once. I think a couple of semis, and that's it. Um, and then got knocked off for like for the um, pr- player of the year. Uh, j- just got sidelined for that too. Yeah. So I think people have been saying he needs to move on. Because it's not happening at PSG. I mean, you've got Messi, Neymar, and um, Mbappe, and you've got so many quality players, Galacticos on that side. And he ain't doing it, so he's only got two options: Man City or Real Madrid. Why don't you put a bid in for him? I, I've, you know, got no problem with that. We've got, we've got the money, and if you get him, then I think if you get him, you don't need any other wingers. You don't need mm-hmm. Liao and Kravatskiri. You got um, Mbappe, Haaland, and Foden. Uh, you know, line up in world football. So go, go out and spend the money because everybody else is. I, I, bet, I bet you right now, if Kylian Mbappe was on the market for 200 million quid, Chelsea would be bidding for him. Yeah, they would. They would. So we've got to, you know, we can't stand still. If we don't, improve, I've, I've said it every season, you've got to buy players who make your first team better, not players mm-hmm. who will make our bench better. Liverpool made that mistake for so many years and look where it's, co- you know, how badly it's cost them that now that, um, you know, say Firmino's maybe not playing as well as he used to. I think they had a good season though, this season. But Mane's gone and the the, the, the bench players are now in the team. Well, they're not good. Some of them are not good enough yet. We've got the money, go out and aim to get the best. And Kylian Mbappe, Okay, maybe you might think that's a bit pie in the sky, but uh, Liao or Kravats Karelia, Jude Bellingham, a left back, another right back because Walker's 33. You know, five young players around the age of 20 to 23, they can be at City for the next 10 years. So you're, you're not investing all that money now, you're investing for the next 10 years. And that, I, I, finally, I'm just going to say this. If Pep's only here for another two years after this season, well, you want players in to play under Pep for a couple of years, get that DNA of, of City and carry that through for the next 10 years. Berger, I'm, I'm actually quite excited um, um, a little bit about the speculation. I know it's a lot of it is BS, but the the idea of getting Bart's Kelly and um, Jude Bellingham uh, that, that that's a mouth-watering prospect if we could do it. Well, Ray, I mean, Ray's pointed it out there. Of course it is, and we, we've got to improve. Uh, but I I think, obviously, I think we're all accepting Pep. Is, this is it now. I don't I don't think he's going to stay any longer. I think I think we can see it in his body language, the way he comes on now at the away games and makes a big effort to go over to the fans. Once the players have been over, he always sort of makes an effort at the end, congratulates the players and makes a point of going over to the fans. I think I think this is his long goodbye now, knowing that... Oh, really? Oh. I get that feeling, looking at him. I've not been always right with Peppers, you know, over the years of his body language and what he's doing, but this is a different Pep. He's seen what it's like to be a, 
a City fan. He's, he's you know he's defending us in the in the in the press conferences when he needs to. He's wearing, he's wearing that on his he wants sleeve. to go off and be the manager of Brazil, got, maybe. Obviously, as Ray said there, if he's only got two years left, we have to we have to start thinking about the future. And thinking about the future is making sure we're improving the squad and, and getting people uh, dyed in the wool of what City's all about and getting big big names in. I think this is the time we've got to do it. All right, we've got other things hanging over us as well at the moment, but we can't let that stop us trying to be positive going forwards. We can only have faith that things will work themselves out uh, and we can do this. And, and Ray's quite right. We've, we've, got to, we've got to make a statement. This season's been a bit, and he's still been a bit, Wish you know, I can't say wishy washy in and out. We're, we're not the same team we were, and we need to do something. We need to uh, take that action because it can all start dissipating. Kind of as Ray said, with the Liverpools of this of this world, the Uniteds, you only need think you know to not think too much ahead. Uh, and I think hopefully, as I said, Pep's got two years left, and I think we're, we're preparing now for that moving on to the next level without Pep, and hopefully we can carry on. And get better. I think it's important to get the younger players in now, whilst people like KDB. While well, it's important to get people like uh, the young kids in now, uh, Bernard, yeah. um, so that they can play with someone like KDB. Have a, a, a couple of seasons with KDB. If but if Gundogan sticks around, have another couple of seasons with him. Get learn from them. Learn from these guys. So I think it's really important. As I, said, I was just saying, Mike, it's really important to get these kids in so that they can spend time on learning under Pep, playing with KDB. If Gundogan sticks around, playing with him and Bernardo, so they can learn from them. What you don't want is suddenly in two years' time, Bernardo goes, Gundogan goes, Mares goes. You bring the kids in, it takes them a year to adapt, and that year you have a crap year because you, you've just not filled their, those big boots. And the other thing is, because of their ages, I'm sorry, Gundwan isn't going to get any better. KDB no. is not going to get any better. Mares is not going to get any better. And Bernardo, I don't think he's going to get any better. So these guys are either around their peak or they're on the other side of their peak. So we need players to come in because sometimes players fall off very quickly. We need some kids in because that will give us more hunger. You know, sometimes you think, oh, how can you get anybody better than Bernardo, Gundogan and, and, and KDB in the, in the middle of the park? But you, you need some energy. You need some young legs. That's what Arsenal have got. And that's what, you know, Arsenal's young legs is what's carrying them to the title at the moment. You know, and the, the, the got over their blip, the, the lack of fear that I think we see from their kids. They made some astute purchases in January with Jorginho and uh, Trossard. They're doing really well. So, you know, we can't stand still. We saw that if you go back all the way to 2012, where we won the title and we went out and bought some pretty crap players. You know, did we buy Jack Rodwell that season? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was the best of the Yeah, time. I was going back. So you can't do that again. You've got to go out and buy to improve your first team. And if you say your first team's got people like KDB, Mares and Gunduan, you're gonna to have to go out and get people like Bellingham, Mbappe, Krajkovilia, uh, Leao, stuff like that. You're gonna to have to go and get top top players to come in 
uh, and replace the top, top stars that are going to inevitably leave in the next year or two. Ray, just have a quick look at this second half. Uh, let's talk, shall we talk the second half of the right. uh, Palace, Palace game? So, Bernard, we, you know, we, we, we go in at nil-nil. Um, we, we've had our chances in that first half. Obviously, we're a little bit frustrated and disappointed. Um, surely it's time for Pep to make some changes. <laughs> No, well, I'm absolutely not. I don't think anyone in that stadium or watching at home or whatever in the world that was a City fan expected any changes to be made. I know you're saying that tongue-in-cheek because that's just not how Pep does it. Interestingly enough, though, I mean, when he did make the change, I mean, not a lot happened up to that stage. Uh, of course, we had the free kick, didn't we, on... Um, yeah. 56 minutes where I think it took about five minutes for him to take the free kick, did it? So that seems to take ages. I don't yeah, know what yeah, the problem was. Do you think it was a penalty? Do you think that was a penalty? Because from what I saw, the fouls started outside the box and it continued inside the box. And if, if it continues inside the box and the ref hasn't blown, it's a penalty. If yeah. he hasn't blown when, when it's outside, it's got to be a penalty. Well, the, the trouble is with the, with the referee, was it Jones, isn't it? Robert Jones, is it, the referee? Um, he's, he's got previous for this. He, he just He's like a lot of these, if you like, le- lesser experienced referees. I, I don't really rely on VAR to do things these days and not, not making decisions early enough. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I've not seen a replay of it, but at the game, I thought there was something, obviously, you could tell by by the reaction on on the pitch that uh, there was definitely something in it but it was just it was just as though nothing had happened it's just as though it, well, there's no no incident at all it was just just obviously glossed over and we played on yeah yeah no that's that's exactly what uh, the way that we were going but um it, it was heading for uh, zero zero um, um we were all thinking that but um i guess we got a lucky break yeah ray you know, do you want to just have a comment yeah, we we got a lucky break. Look, we got a penalty. Do you, do you honestly think we would have gone on to win that game without the penalty? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Because we, the thing is, we we did have a little bit more urgency, but I don't understand why we have to wait to 65, 70 minutes to get a little bit more urgency to move that ball a little bit quicker. Because we're now under pressure, we know we've got to win. Why can't we start the game like that? We're so petrified of losing the ball, losing possession and the other team scoring, that we pass it around and build up really slowly. This is the argument, isn't it? I mean, when you've got 90 minutes to play in a game, why the hell not take more risks? And that's what, what we used to do. And we don't yeah. seem to do it anymore. Yeah. We should be more on the front foot and playing it fast. Play, move the ball quickly. Defenders hate having to move around quickly. You know, they love it when we pass it round at the back and take our time because they can get him set in, in position. And Crystal Palace, for the most part, did it pretty well yesterday. We had a, a few penalty shouts. I think there was one actually just before the ball was um, knocked out for, the, for that corner. And we took yeah. a, a, a quick short corner into the box. Uh, Gunduan was there. And he, he, I think he had a bad first touch or second touch. And it just went away from him. And uh, Luisi uh, came in, thought he could get the ball before Gundogan because Gundogan hadn't had as good a touch as we he should have had. Gundogan tapped it away to another City player and Luisi just left his leg in there and basically went into his ankle. And then it's crazy. when I watch it on replay, it's like, hang on, you so you've kicked him on his ankle 
and that's probably going to be a penalty straight away. But you leave your leg in on, a bit higher up his on his chin as well to make make sure he gets a penalty. He, I mean, he didn't complain. You know, no, none, the, 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 none of the Palace players complained. No. They just they just accepted it. Yeah, they just saw water walker. But that's it. Um, they just thought, what an idiot. Uh, and obviously, the, the blonde bombshell steps up. And I'll let you uh, have the honours, Bernard. Yeah, I just want to pay yeah, credit. Uh, yeah, yeah for... Bernard, um, just from a goalkeeper's point of view, what did you think of that one? Yeah, I mean, just, I just want to pay, before I mention uh, the big lummox taking his penalty. Yeah, I mean, I thought Gundogan was superb. I thought uh, he leapt quite high. I don't think there was a need quite to go as high as he did, but it was a definitely penalty. But I know the Arsenal fans didn't like it. They were whinging a little bit. But, hey, it was a foul. And if you've got to get them by jumping six feet in the air, then do it. That, that's all I say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the penalty... Uh, Alan Gold of the ball very early, just in case someone else tried to nick it off him, because which tends to happen these days. And he stood there com- comfortably, just looking at the goalkeeper. Who, did he roam over to the corner flag the goalie uh, at one stage uh, before the penalty? He was he was doing limbering up in near the corner flag? I think it, you know, typical trying to waste a bit of time. Uh, and so Alan just stood there quite calm, and then eventually, when the goalie did decide to come back, stuck at the penalty spot. Unfortunately, he went the wrong way, but he, he probably wouldn't have got to it anyway. He, he put it, he placed it quite nicely into that into the core of the net. And I love I love Ireland's penalty because they always seem to ricochet up into the top of the goal and come down again. And it looked quite impressive, you know, like the old hockey playing hockey, and the ball hits the net and goes up to the top and comes back out again. And uh, yeah, crap. and he loved it, didn't he? Let, let's be honest about it. He done he oh, done yeah. pretty much sod all most of the game, but he certainly loved scoring that goal. Yeah, Ray. Um, I mean, I I think that um, Haaland takes penalties the way that you like penalties to be taken. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time, he's not most good at yeah, it. He won't. He'll miss some. He will miss some. Yeah, the way he does them, he's, he's no Yaya Turi or Mario Balotelli. He's no Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony's what twenty-two out of twenty-two, but I think he'll score eighty to ninety percent. That's it's good enough. It's better than you know. Having Raheem Sterling taking the penalty or Gabriel Jesus, um, um, he fills me with a lot more confidence than those players. And well, Rodri, remember that one from Rodri? Rodri? That one he took. <laughs> that, I don't know how that went in the net. The goalie got a good hand to it. He still went in the net. Rodri the other week wanted to take one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rod- Rodri is much much better at spanking them from about the halfway line. I think. Yeah, well, we were we we absolutely rescued uh, three points from that game, guys. Did you not? Did you not feel? Because yeah, I thought I, it was I, going I was to. Admit, I, I thought it was going to. Was it the ninetieth minute when um, actually Zaha woke up and went on a run, and then he played the ball back, and I was looking at it, thinking, "Where's the Palace player? He's played played it back to. Is it looked as though he'd spotted a Palace player in the box? This was the ninetieth minute, guys, if you remember." And he he played. He, he turned walking inside out. I, I was glad. 
just what quick mention to Walker. He came on on the 89th minute and he kept his shorts on, so all credit to the lad. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we're happy about that. But he turned Walker inside out, and then literally when he pulled it back, uh, Zaha, I, I was just waiting for the Palace player to step into the box and smash it into the goal for the equaliser. But I think it was a City player ended up picking yeah. up, uh, running back. But so obviously the guy that he, he thought was there wasn't, and I, I was a bit grateful and. I think it would have been a little bit unfair getting a draw, but uh, I think we're grateful. It's just take the three points and run. Run yeah, all the way back to Manchester. Look, I, I said on my stream yesterday, you want you want to see a good performance. You want to see a comfortable win, but you'll take what a win whatever way it comes. Right now, all that matters is you get the three points. That's it. To put a bit of pressure on Arsenal, all we can do for the rest of the season is make sure we get those three points, keep winning games. Now, this is, as we said uh, the last pod, this is a, a, a momentous week, isn't it? You know, maybe that maybe have blown it up a little bit too much, but we got the uh, the Champions League game. Really, really important. We've got the uh, current City man manager versus the next City manager at the weekend because uh, City play Burnley in the FA Cup. I'm I'm convinced companies coming in the next uh, within two after two years. I think if you can do two good years in the Premier League with Burnley, uh, when when Pep leaves, uh, company takes over, uh, and I think uh, company will win the Champions League in his first season. Uh, you can write that down. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so well, look, it's going to take you. It's going to take you so at that'll, least three that'll years. Our, that'll be our third Champions League, then, will it? When he comes yeah. in, <laughs> right, let's put it this way: it'll take you at least three years before you can uh, have a go. I mean, you'll probably forgot your old duffers by then. Uh, <laughs> I've got written down here, mate. I won't let you forget. <laughs> well, well, uh, Bernard, I, I called my dad after that game last night, and he said that was the definition of a filthy. 1-0 win and he used the word filthy um, and I, I I think that's probably right isn't it yeah I mean we didn't let's face it we, we didn't sing tearing Cockneys apart again that's for sure because we certainly <laughs> didn't do that. that that's that's one thing I mean the fan the fans are all right we're not the brightest buttons sometimes with what they sing but they, they know when they've got away with one and when they haven't got away with one. So uh, credit to the fans for not taking the mick of the poor Palace fans who obviously uh, are a little bit gutted that they didn't get the draw that they came for. Yeah, but that, it's it's all about the three points, guys. It's all about the three points. And um, Ray did uh, allude to uh, what's coming up. So as we finish, uh, Ray, uh, let's talk about what's coming up for City next. Well, obviously, we've got Leipzig on Tuesday night, Burnley on Saturday. Saturday tea time. I can, think. I just, can I just interject? Is, is um, Taylor Harwood Bellis is he eligible to play or? That's uh, a good question. Yeah, is he? Is will he be allowed to play no or does he not? Can he not allow? No, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about the rules for that. No, I think the rules, uh, are the rules still in place that you can't, you can force them not to play. I thought they were going to change the rules to, so that you can't stop I'd just be playing. very, very interesting. You know, with the, with the defensive position at the moment, he's supposedly, I've not seen much of Burnley, but supposedly been playing very, very well. I'd just be interested to see. Yeah, it will be interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, obviously, we're, we're not to, uh, as clued up on the rules, on the loan situation. Um, but yeah, so City got those two games. I think we've got to just look at those two. Then I think we've got the international break until yeah. the 1st of April when we play uh, 
against those dirty reds uh, from Liverpool. Big, big, uh, um, tough times, you know. Uh, and and the, the key moments of the season coming up, I think Liverpool can decide who wins the title because they still got to play Arsenal and City. On on an on an aside, just in case you forget to mention it, Liverpool got beat yesterday. <laughs> that, that was so funny. I mean, they they were they like they beat United seven nil, so back. they were all cock a hoop. I hope you guys, I hope you guys appreciated uh, the uh, Anfield rap thing that I put up on Twitter. No, I mean, I, it's, I, didn't, it's, I didn't watch it, Mike. I just, I just, I retweeted it and didn't touch it. No, I didn't. I didn't go anywhere near it. Oh, it's it's so much fun, Bernard. You should you should really watch it. The only, but, fun, I mean, the only fun I the only fun I needed was watching that Salah penalty because that was one of the best <laughs> penalties I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and then, and then but, but, but Ray, how do you go from beating Man United seven nil to losing one well, nil? How do you go from beating Bournemouth nine nil and then losing one nil to him? Yeah, <laughs> right. But but the thing is. Look, it's arrogance. Those Liverpool players thought they could just turn up and take the three points and they didn't have to work hard. And that's arrogance. That's lack of leadership from um, the captain on the pitch and the manager because you just cannot uh, allow that to happen. Um, but, but it's interesting to notice that Liverpool beat Man United and Liverpool are back. And then they go and get beat by Bournemouth. United have had a good run and their fans have been telling us they're back and that they're going to challenge for the title. They've got an outside chance of winning the title this season. And now uh, they drew today, was it nil with Southampton? And they're 11 points behind City, 16 points yep. behind Arsenal. And even with their game in hand, it's still 13 points. They win in jack, okay? Um, no, they aren't. They aren't. Neither are Liverpool too. Well, the good thing about the Liverpool, I'm just looking at the results today, because Liverpool were knocking on the door for top four. And I, I did say a few weeks ago when there were 10, 11 points behind Newcastle that I thought Liverpool would get top four. But now they're six points behind Spurs with the game in hand. Newcastle ahead of Liverpool, they're two points ahead with a game in hand. So that's that's interesting. Newcastle, they've been on a terrible run. Terrible run. Two draws, well, quite a few draws and then two defeats and now they won this game. So Newcastle... You know, working hard. I mean, I'm I'm as much interested in who's going to win the title as who's going to stop Liverpool getting in the top four. But you've also got Brighton, who were three points behind Liverpool with two games in hand. It's important for your competitors to struggle. You've got to look at ways that they can struggle. And if they don't get Champions League, there'll be one or two players who might not go there who would have considered going there. I mean, that's quite, I think, short-term uh, thinking. But maybe, maybe somebody who was thinking to go to Liverpool, well, I want to play in the Champions League. You're not in it. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, I'm going to go to whatever, whoever gets top, top four. Just as we finish off, the, the, there is one thing that, that concerns me, and is it, it's this relentless form, Bernard, of Arsenal. They seem to have it all together, and uh, they, 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 they're just not losing. I mean, they did have a, a period of dropping points kind of like into that, but the, there's something about this Arsenal team at the moment that bothers me. What do you think? Well, Ray's been saying it all, see. I mean, you've asked Ray the same question a, a few games ago, you know, when we played, uh, you know, 12 games, when we played 19 games, and Ray was kept on saying at the end of the day, you can't, you can't argue with the fact they keep winning the games, and that's what they're doing. They have the blips. 
Uh, we know the we know the last uh, what last half a dozen eight games. They've got some tough ones. They've got still got some tough games to play. So we have to keep there. We have to keep winning. We have to keep certainly within five points of them. Hopefully within two points of them when we eventually do play them and at the Etihad. But yeah, uh, as Ray said earlier on, they've got no fear. They don't, they're not worried. I mean, I saw a picture today of them celebrating in the Fulham dressing room. There's a hell of a lot of confidence. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I'd, I'd cringe if City players and management were doing that, uh, of course, in all our title wins. You know, we don't want to tempt fate. But there's just something about that Arsenal team at the moment, the, the backroom staff to the players, and it's working. Um, and people are saying Fulham chose today I didn't see the game but people are saying Fulham chose this game to, to go back to being rubbish but is that the case or were Arsenal just too good uh, possibly more the, the lines of Arsenal were too good for me I don't you know you know Fulham just met a far far better team and yes we have every right to be worried we just have to keep winning our games by hook or by crook uh, and and keep in there keep keeping the wing mirrors as, as obviously people are saying and so that eventually um, they might just they might just uh, find something lacking at the end of the season, but all credit to him at the moment at this point in time, with a slight favourites to win it with the bookies, uh, and I won't I wouldn't particularly disagree with that because City, we're not we're not totally firing still at the moment. We've got a bit of momentum, but we've got a lot of work to do. Ray, is it that guy Odegaard? Do you think that he's made the difference? Well, I a lot of players have stepped up. Young players, you know, Martinelli's had a good season. Saka's had a good season. And Ketia went through uh, a few games when, uh, obviously, Gabriel Jesus wasn't Is Jesus back now? Is Jesus back now? Is he playing? Yeah, he's ready. He's ready. He's fit enough. Yeah. Um, so, and Ketia stepped up. Odegaard's been brilliant. The defence has stepped up. Um, there's lots of good players. Zaka's been a revelation. I mean, I, I, Odegaard... Arsenal got lucky with him because obviously he was at Madrid and he, you know, it didn't it didn't happen from at Madrid and he went to Arsenal and I thought this kid is is incredible and for his age and for his talent and, and his current level and his potential I'd have loved him at City I'd have loved him at City he, he would have been I think a successor to to someone like David Silva um, young player coming through and, and that's what we needed so. He's delivering for them. They've they've got some of their recruitment right. They've got rid of the players that were the problem. And um, yeah, look, who's to know? Is it a flash in the pan? Is it a one-season wonder for them? Um, well, you know, I hope it is after they finish second this season. I hope it is a one-season wonder <laughs> when they drop back further down. Um, Mid-table mediocrity with Liverpool and Man United. That would be fantastic. Um, but... In all seriousness, Bernard's right. You know, they, they they deserve to be where they are. They've won more than three quarters of their games this season. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. They won more games than City. And that's not something you'll see very often. Even when Liverpool ran as close, we won more games than them. You know, we lost more games, but we won more games, and that's what won us the title. Um, and Arsenal won, I think, two games more than City this season. So that's where we are, we are where we are. But, as I said, they, they've still got Liverpool to play, so have we. I think they've still got Newcastle to play. Still lots to play for. Well, guys, I, I, I think that's pretty much um, where we should stop. I mean, we do 
um, take enormous pleasure in um, the the various uh, misdeeds of uh, Liverpool and Man United, uh, but we do give credit to Arsenal. They're 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 playing great, and um, we're just going to have to hope that we can uh, overhaul them with with what we have. Um, and we hope we can do that. But let's see how it goes. Uh, a very important, filthy 1-0 win for us. Three points, and uh, you can't complain about that. Well, I know some people can complain about that, but I'm not going to complain about it. Ray has told you what's coming up for us. Obviously, the game, game against Burnley, the game against Leipzig. Um, I think what I just want to finish off with is just to ask uh, Bernard, um, you saw the first game against Leipzig. It was It was quite disappointing. How confident are you? That will do them in the second leg. Yeah, we're going to be. We're going to have to be very, very good. I, I don't. I think that first half performance from Leipzig was very unusual. I think the far we were far better than that. We got lulled into a false sense of, uh, you know, we can win this and then go on and win it comfortably. Uh, and they're not that bad. They beat Munch and Gladbach uh, yesterday. Three uh, 0 at home. All th- three second half goals. Oh, Guardiola got another goal again. Uh, so you know, for a centre half, he's not doing not doing centre back. He's not doing too bad or a left back, whichever position he wants him to play. Yeah, we're going to have to be very good, and we're going to have to probably be better again than what we were against Palace. We're going to have to be a lot quicker uh, because they've got nothing to lose. It's it's one one. It's as simple as that. It's you know the old adage, isn't it? It's half time, but. They're no mugs. And I, I think, as I say, for a lot of people watch that first half thinking this is easy. But uh, no, they're, they're quite capable of uh, pulling off a shock result. We're going to be at, have to be at it. It's as simple as that uh, for that game, more so perhaps than the Burnley game. We can perhaps get away with a little bit more in that one. But I think this Leipzig game, we're going to have to be really up for it. Well, Ray, t- tell us your predictions. How do you feel that City will get on against Burnley and how will they get on against Leipzig? Um. <sighs> We need two wins. That's it. I don't care what the score uh, is. Don't care about the performance. We need two wins. You know, you, it, it, it's unlikely that we get two losses and that'll be the end of our season. <laughs> really, obviously, we've still got the league, but, you know, we need two wins. Uh, keeps that momentum going. You know, we'd have, we'd have won something like six games on the bounce. Everybody can see, you know, Arsenal will see us coming you know it's like uh, that uh, I forgot the name of that film I'm trying to give a reference for Bernard uh, The Chase or whatever it was where the truck is following the car and you can see him in the rear view mirror and we're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger winning these two games even though they're not in the in the Premier League will add to a little bit of pressure on us and if we can win these two games because it's a city are relentless we have to be relentless get back to where, what we what we know we're good at um, so, yep, two wins. Not making predictions on scores. <laughs> Bernard, would you like? Would you like to make a couple of predictions? Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going three-one Leipzig and four-one uh, Burnley. Go on, go on, Bernard. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Okay, well, uh, guys, this is what's coming up. It's it's uh, great to be back with you again. Thanks to the lads uh, for being on. And um, we'll be with you right after the next one. And uh, we'll finish off in the normal way, guys, by just saying uh, thank you so much for listening. Have one on us. And up the blues. Up the blues.